2: the drive with Mark Ennis, presented by Fitness Market on 93.9 The Ville. Fitness Market is Louisville's premier location for home and commercial fitness equipment and electric bikes. Find them online at thefitnessmarket.com. Now here's Mark Ennis. And Biggest Biscuit, also known as Dave Skulls. Welcome back now. into The Drive here on 93.9 The Ville. Mark Innes, Dave Skull here on a Monday. I did want to remind you guys again, we will have your college football playoff national championship game uh, tonight, but it's a busy night here on uh, both ESPN uh, Louisville stations. You'll have Michigan and Washington tonight starting at 630 on ESPN 680. The Kenny Payne Show tonight at 7. If you're into that sort of thing. <laughs> Uh, you'll have that uh, we'll see what he has to say. Uh certainly are getting to be uh shorthanded, so I'm sure he'll have some answers up for all that. So keep it here. Uh if you uh, you won't miss either one of those uh tonight. David I'm, I'm I'm very much looking forward to this one tonight and we'll get to Matt here in just a second, but this this playoff college football playoff national championship game. Looking forward to it. It's the classic contrast of styles, but it's also to me really fresh refreshing like these are not teams I've had to root for or against in these situations really at all and I kind of feel like neither one of them uh, you you ask yourself like who are we rooting for here I don't think it hurts Louisville either way Uh, this one just feels like it's totally free I get to just sort of sit back and enjoy this one
3: yeah uh, except for the money I have on Washington you're absolutely correct but no even as annoying as Michigan fans can be because they can be really annoying and they're Big Ten, and they're college football royalty. They haven't won a national championship, excuse me, since '97. And that was only half. Yeah, and that was only a shared one. Um, they're not because they haven't been ever present, and they've had a quite a bit of humbling in the last couple of decades. They don't bother me nearly as much. They're not Ohio State, you know. They're not the SEC, whether it be Georgia, Alabama, or LSU, which are the only three that carry any water for them in the name. <laughs> in the modern era, um, I can live with it. In Washington, even know, is their second playoff appearance. Uh, it's a whole new staff. Uh, it's a lovable quarterback, a great story, uh, and they haven't won a title in, what, 30 years. So it's – I'm good with it. Give me fresh blood all the time. I think that we're going to have – even though the halves will always be the halves, I think the 12-team playoff, people are – keep talking about how the one scene, all this and that, like, no, I, I firmly believe that there will be years that 12 knocks off of five or that, sure. you know, like those, those first year, those first because rounds, there's going to be some chaos. And then somebody's going to get one of the top four teams in the second week.
2: The distance between 12 and five is not as far as between four and one. I agree. And so I agree. You are going to get some, you are going to get some upsets uh, in those rounds and j- the the numbers alone dictate adding layers to this thing in additional games is just adds to the likelihood yeah. that, that the end of the season looks like it has in the NFL where teams are really beat up. And that's when you really get chaos come playoff time. So and it will be
3: different. At some point, somebody outside it might take years, but at some point somebody outside the top four is gonna win the title, in my opinion. Like it just it'll happen. This is gonna take a while. I'm waiting for the, first, the well,
2: Georgia would have been that this year. What's that? Oh, for Georgia sure would have been that. This yeah, they year. would
3: have been that this year, and that's that's the thing that people are really forgetting is that the top four have to be conference champions. Sorry, Notre the top Dame. four have to be conference champions. So yeah, right. So it, Georgia would not have been a top four seed; they would have been the fifth seed or the sixth seed yep. in next year's playoff format, and they would have absolutely had a shot to win the national title from the sixth seed. People looking at it. Ohio State way, too. Ohio State as well. Like people are kind of forgetting the format a little bit when they say, well, the you know, the top four seeds, the top four seeds. Yeah, well, the top four seeds are never going to include Notre Dame. Like if Notre Dame has a top four team ever. They're never going to include the second team out of any conference. So absolutely the five, six, seven, eight seeds could make noise in the playoff next year. Um, I'm I just can't wait for that format. But yeah, tonight, look, Washington has a they're consistent. They have a pro passing attack. They have the most accurate passer in the country, who does not get rattled by pressure. Uh, he is as mobile in the in the pocket and as good at feeling pressure as anybody you'll see at the college level, and can get that throw off. I mean, that's that's the most important thing. And uh, he has two or three NFL targets to throw to. So I'm, I'm I have faith. Even though Michigan, like I, my reasoning last week is still sound, that Michigan has been the best team all year, has looked the best all year, I still think Washington finds a way to win this tonight. Pennix
1: is 1-0 all time against Michigan, for the record. It was Maybe 2019
3: no. when he was at Indiana. That
1: was the only time he actually was healthy enough to play Michigan, but they did win that game. Let's get uh, Matt in here. If we've still got him, I know he's waited a while. Matt, thanks for waiting as long as you did, buddy. Welcome into The
2: Drive on 9th and the Bill. What's up?
0: What's up, guys? Thanks for hey, having buddy. me hey. today. I was uh, I wanted to call in because I was thinking about, you know, my perspective on how big of a blessing the hire of Death Brom was because not only, you know, he had success in his first year and it brought a lot of excitement to the games that I haven't felt in a long time, but it also reminded me what it's like to have a coach in charge of his program and, like, it's like Biscuit said, I'm, like, confident that, well, he's going to get a replacement for that. Or he's doing everything he can to really make sure that we're in the best spot to, to have success, you know. And it it, it kind of shined this light on Kenny's era here the last two years. And I hate to do the comparisons, too, but at the end of the day, like, I've completely... I'm completely tuned out of the basketball, the men's basketball uh, program. I watch the women's games still, obviously, but I, I watched every game last year. I went to a few games. This year, I watched all the games until a few weeks ago, and I'm just like, this is just, we got we to move on. But I think Braum is a great example. It's like you just got to bring somebody in that really has that experience proven success and can be in charge of this program and you just know all right they got it handled no big deal but hopefully this game is great tonight guys I'm I'm pulling for Washington I, I think that it'll be an exciting game and us, let's just root our guy a little more on I hope he can get a ring this year um but anyways thanks for having me and y'all have a great day
2: Appreciate uh, the call there, Matt. Thanks for waiting uh, as long as you did. The whole faith in the coach thing is it's kind of, I think it's just kind of another way of saying what we were saying earlier about, I don't want to go, your fans are not going to go to games knowing that they're going to feel like that dude has no idea what's going on or he doesn't get it. Like people just aren't going to to do that. And And my, my, you're making me look silly by trying to support this. Mm. And he sounds to me like, like I think what he's saying there, like Jeff is the opposite of that. Where like, I don't even have to worry about being made to look silly. They'll mm. handle it. Yeah, And that's not, no coach is perfect, but.
3: It won't be the clown putting on the makeup meme. Yeah. With, well, I,
2: fans never, ever, ever forget when a coach drops the ball. And, and I don't mean like they lose a game or whatever, but it was like a thing that just has to to not happen happens. And like with Scott, Satterfield it was the quarterbacks. You know, like when they didn't land anybody knowing that they needed to, you know, fans never forgot that. Like they, they just don't let that sort of thing go. But conversely, like they will go to the ends of the earth if you don't, yeah. and not demanding perfection, but just always having a, a command, like we've talked about so many times of whatever's needed to be done whatever time of the the calendar it is or whatever yeah uh, fans remember the
3: coaches who seem to always have it and Jeff's obviously one of those and Scott's list was long of stuff that people wouldn't forget you True. know the uh, complaining about L's down the South Carolina Dallians <laughs> like uh, it, not the inability to show up for Kentucky the inability to show up for any game of consequence uh, outside of Wake Forest like that that was honestly the the list and we uh Kind of changed most of those narratives this year, except for Kentucky, and hopefully that changes in the near future but yeah it's it's tough to keep asking people if nothing is changing and no progress is being made, it's tough for people to change the way they view you in your program
2: well the if you're not going to change anything, the only option is to change you,
3: yeah yeah
2: and, and again, I'll just go back to i don't there's no one I trust, and there's no one reputable that is in any way talking about there being a third year yeah. i just there's it, it, it honestly dave it wouldn't even be kind to kenny to bring him back to do this again
3: i i in no way shape or form do i think it like at some awesome
2: point it becomes about. a mercy to him too yeah instead yeah. of trying to voice more of this on him.
3: i agree and i i just don't think there's anything to that either so
2: 93 ninety-three nine. That's uh, the number. Uh, if you want to get in, you're good.
3: Uh, how do you feel about tonight's game?
2: Oh, I, I think Washington. I'm gonna. I, they just feel like a team of destiny to yeah. me. Like I think Michigan is a better team, and there are more ways for them to win than there is for Washington. But there's just something about a team and that guy at quarterback and their weapons I just don't I don't think Michigan has played anyone that throws the ball like this uh, if if Ohio State had a better quarterback I would feel like that would be better preparation for this one but they don't and I just I don't think they faced anybody like this and there's something I'm always a fan in these games of like there's the team that's been dominant really all year versus the team that's played a lot of close games it seems to me like the teams that play a lot of close games win more than their fair share of these. And it, it ends up becoming an asset to them that they're tested in these moments here. Yeah, Like that Clemson team in 2016, mm-hmm. you know, people wondered about them cause they had the one loss in, in the ACC, but they, like, they, they got tested by a lot of teams that year and they won a national championship. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, oh, 06 Florida like that the bunch of close games all year in the SEC and they play undefeated Ohio State and they beat the crap out of them yeah. like but it would not shock me at all if we do the show tomorrow it's like thirty to six Michigan won <laughs> like I just feel like I I think Washington's going to win but I think Michigan is the better team I just think they're going to finish the job here
1: yeah last year's TCU's go yeah, so ahead okay, okay, Dave go ahead buddy okay go last ahead, year's like ahead. TCU's team was like. We all knew going in. It's like it's going a miracle for this team to win, and we were rooting for them because of the storyline. You know, first year head coach at that school, and we had just hired Jeff Brom. That it was like a unique spot. That Georgia was not going to lose to anyone that night. Whereas this year, it feels a lot different because like Washington TC very similar. Uh, both wear purple. That's one thing for sure. But also they play a lot of close games, and like they had to kind of squeak by a few times. But I think this year that Washington team's much better than TC was last year. Yeah, this is not like this is not a, a David and Goliath
2: kind of thing here at all. This is two different da- uh, Goliaths. Like, like this, Washington's undefeated. They've played an extremely difficult schedule, and they got through. I think a, a stretch of this season where they were pretty beat up, uh, and in I, mean, I was thoroughly impressed with them. What they did to Oregon again? Yeah, uh, I don't know that anybody's got two better wins than sweeping Oregon on, on a neutral field. Uh, for the second one, and then beating Texas uh, the way that they did. The, but Michigan, at the same time, feel, has like that – there's a vibe about them, kind of a, um, a a coldness to them that impresses me, and that that team tends to do really well in this yeah, situation too. Yeah. I, I think it's going to be a whale of a game. How often do we really get them where there's just like dramatic differences in style of play anymore? but but elite at both
3: yeah no it, it's a it's an interesting conversation and and a really good matchup to me like i i can simultaneously say i think michigan was the most impressive team all year while also saying that look washington played a better schedule this year they just did the pac 12 was a was a more challenging schedule than michigan's big Ten slate. yeah and they played more elite players in my opinion uh then than Michigan did this year. I mean, they had Penn State and Ohio State. Up until those two games, they played a garbage schedule. Um, and it, I keep going back, look, if 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 um, if uh, um, Dylan Johnson was still was ruled out tonight, I might feel a little bit different about this game. Uh, Washington's running back. I think he adds another dynamic to them. I think he's a very uh he keeps defenses honest. Um but he's playing and hopefully he's at full strength. Uh those receivers, man, and Penix, I just I love the way like Michigan's front was was um was brutal against Alabama, you know, but I just I don't think J- uh, Jalen Milrow is half the quarterback yeah. that Penix is. Right. You know, he just right. he doesn't have the pocket presence that Penix does. He has elite pocket presence. Yep. He 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 understands when to climb the pocket. He has great lateral movement. He has great vision, and he feels pressure. It's almost preternatural how he feels pressure, um, and he can get that ball off from almost any angle. Uh, he sees the throws. He throws receivers open he can hit tiny little windows i just i i i think his ability to feel that rush and not panic is going to be the biggest reason why washington pulls this thing out uh i mean there is a big disparity like washington's interior offensive line is not big um but they're really good you know you don't have to be huge to be to be elite offensive lineman but it is a concern with how big and talented michigan's defensive front is i just think that that Penix counters that you know, if they're if they're able to break through, he just he he's his decision making and his in his pocket presence is just elite. Like I I I think he gets rid of the ball. I think he 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 climbs the pocket. I think he has that lateral movement that he can neutralize that rush a little bit enough that their passing attack is going to be extremely effective. I think if you're uh, a Louisville
2: fan thinking about this game tonight, I think you probably can't help but win uh, root for Washington to win. Because Washington to me represents the closest approximation of some of what the best Louisville teams were, mm. but they've made it you know, to this stage. Because I like 24-7 sports earlier uh, today had the article, Washington is like the hero of the non-Blue Bloods, even though they are kind of one yeah uh having you know championship they're a second tier yeah. yeah they're a purple one like, they don't their roster is not uh, does not meet like the blue chip ratio a certain percentage of the players like every 24th, national championship I think, does i think yeah.
3: 24th 27th in the aggregate yeah their rankings
2: yeah their talent uh, rankings according to 24 7 is 26 nationally they have zero five-star players on the roster and the top 10 classes the last four years uh but their average recruiting ranking is like 41st over the last yeah. four years. Like th- they have not followed the traditional route in uh, recruiting and roster building that the other ones have and yet. Here they are with a chance to win
3: national championship.
2: I'm rooting for them, kind of for that reason, just proof of concept. And
3: quite frankly, Michigan wasn't as highly ranked. Yeah. Uh, recruit like they're they they have good recruiting classes, but they weren't yep. in the traditional, the same tier as like an Ohio State. You know LSU or, or or Alabama, Georgia have been when they win the national titles or Clemson. Yeah, um, I think it's I think the game has changed a lot with the transfer portal, and you can do a lot. Like non traditional powers can do a lot to uh, to build their program in ways that that just weren't available to them in the past. Players uh, prioritize different things than they used to. Uh, with nil available is obviously a big deal. Uh, but also playing time available and everything else that, that goes into these these decisions with players not being strapped to programs with threat of penalty when they transfer uh, opens up so many avenues to the second and third tier programs that have been aspiring for years and climbing. Um, it's good to see, like it, it's fresh blood. It's good, it's good to see that. I'm not, and obviously the Bama's and the Georgia's, are always going to be the Bama's and the George's, and they're going to have more resources and everything, but there's only so much you can do as an organization to placate these, these players. You know, they're going to enter, if it's in their best interest, they're going to enter the portal. Now here's a quick stat, or at least a question about one. Alabama had given up 49 sacks this year to this point. OK, 49. How many do you think Washington's offensive line has given up?
1: Oh, it's got to be way less. Ten? I'm going to go 11. four. Oh, I was going to go really low and just say four there.
3: I mean, that's 11. One a game for an offense that throws Less that than much. one a game is pretty oh, incredible. Like... Less than one a game. Like right.
2: that's that's in 13 to 14 games. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. 11 sacks in 14 games is unreal. That's why, they, I mean, that's as much as anything else. Part of that is Pinnock's because he's so good at feeling the rush. And and his awareness and climbing the pocket and everything else like that's just as important as 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 the quality of your offensive line. I think uh,
2: of note, by the way, uh, we've talked in the past about the portal, talking about Jeff's recruiting class uh, in the portal being very good. Interesting, I think, to watch non-traditional schools kind of find a a sideways way into these conversations via the portal, looking at at the top ten rankings. Mm-hmm. Of just transfers, Louisville is four, NC State is five, Florida State is seven. Like here's, sort of coming at the side. Uh, Florida State can do fine uh, with traditional recruiting, but here's Louisville and NC State. Like yeah, yeah this is where you're going to have to eat a little bit.
3: And that's where, it's funny. Syracuse is seventeen, those, by the way. Say that again.
2: Syracuse at seventeen.
3: Yeah, and that's funny because NC State's often a program that we're looking eye to eye in yeah. in the ACC and a team that. If we're going to be successful, we need to be above, you know, and and it's funny, they 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 see it the same way we do. They're building this program the same way that we have to.
2: 8150-939, that's uh, the number if you want to get in here. Uh, you are welcome to do so. Did you happen to see uh, Bill Hancock uh, at the uh, college football playoff it, they're discussing the fact that they were they were offended by questions about their integrity from uh, people in Florida state government, I, I did see that, and that they have been threatened. Threatened, yeah, yeah. I I hate to hear that. Uh, I don't. I'm not making light of that at all. It's a sickness right now. A lot of people threatened for just doing their jobs. Yes, and you don't like the outcomes, so we get to threaten them. Even it's if happening they do it poorly, a lot. Yes, exactly, exactly. Physically, I mean, government officials left and right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, recipients of threats uh, from certain folks, and it's—I hate that, and I hate that that happened. Uh, but I also—I don't feel tons of sympathy, just because they're not—they're not transparent enough to—to to just feel like it's—it's uh, it's outrageous to suspect something else is afoot here. Mm. You know, like like they're not honest enough for me to not to be. They can't be outraged that there's suspicion here, guys. This is not no, above the suspicion.
3: Board. Shouldn't like you shouldn't be outraged at the at the government officials questioning the job you've done because it is a lot of money and there's a lot at stake with state universities sure. and you having the fate of state universities in your hands. Now there is no excuse for the people threatening right physical harm. You should or never anything. do that. Never ever. But I understand officials like as much as I like to make fun of a lot of politicians. I understand them standing up and saying this is wrong uh, or defending their state universities, much like our politicians would do in Kentucky if something similar happened to either of the the major state universities here. Uh, it's There's a lot of money at stake here. If you have a, an appearance in the national championship, not only just like direct funds for your conference and for your school, but the notoriety and the marketing that you get out of an appearance in the playoffs – is massive, just like I mean they they um, estimated the marketing impact for Louisville when they won the national championship in 2013 at about 700 million dollars. I think that's yeah. what that's what you get. Yeah, and the similar, more so because the 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 uh, the market is, or I'm sorry, the audience is larger for for college football than it is for college basketball. Yeah, uh, it's an even bigger economic impact. I'm sure uh, those things are important. And I have no problem with politicians standing up and, and saying something about that, even if it's not going to make an impact. You can't take umbrage when you're when you're not super uh, uh, transparent about how you do things. You're you're when your explanations suit your your choices. You tailor, you know, you make a choice and then you tailor your reasoning. Uh, you find evidence in reverse. Like it, it's. You're you're leaving yourself open to that, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, and then you have Heather Dinage write that article, where it's like, oh, they were watching the game. They're like, oh, we saw Florida State. We didn't think they were capable winning a championship because clearly, uh, Brock Lynn's a worse quarterback than Jalen Milrow. Like, with the, I don't get that at all. But that was their argument <laughs> that they said. Yeah, and then Alabama
3: throws for 119 yards and. Sure.
2: <laughs> in the Rose Bowl or whatever. And yeah, that
3: wasn't and, yeah, and that wasn't the quarterback that would have played anyway. You know. If they had made it, but instead that quarterback got into the transfer portal
2: ahead of right because other quarterbacks uh, were coming in. Yeah. Uh, regardless, what a uh, it, it's messy, uh, and I don't know what they're ever going to be able to do with bowl games uh, at this point. I don't know what the I don't know what it looks like. Like maybe they maybe they've run their course, you know?
3: Like maybe maybe the actual playoff makes the bowl games yeah irrelevant, or maybe because you, you just can imagine like, them. just imagine right now if they're like
2: now. The NFL playoffs are set, but Cincinnati, you get to go play against the Chicago Bears in San Antonio, Texas, and each individual player gets to decide if they really want to play in that game or not now what <laughs> if
3: what if you add a a a sentient pop tart to the
2: mix <laughs> okay, we get to eat the mask on yeah you know, I'm, that, I'm watching that it changes one. everything. Yeah, the pop tart bowl. Are like- we throw,
1: uh, bathing the uh, the winning coach in? <laughs> yeah, is it a vegan pop tart? Because Justin Fields is vegan, so we need to know that. <laughs> How the hell do you know that? Uh, he was on a podcast I was listening to, and he mentioned that there's a lot of a lot of athletes that are vegan that you wouldn't think. Ain't all of them? Any? Not all the athlete. <laughs> Any I, offensive lineman? Don't break my heart. I, I hope not. I feel like that would not be healthy
3: for an offensive lineman to be. How vegan. is that possible? It wouldn't even be possible. Is it, it. even possible? How, what I would mean? you have to eat to be to maintain like three twenty if you're vegan? Just hammer like ramen noodles and just garbage. But even then, there's there's like chicken or chicken stock in the broth usually. I don't even know what you would eat. I don't know what's
2: vegan, just because I've never thought about it.
3: No animal products at okay. all.
2: This sounds ridiculous. So, I got family I
1: mean, that's vegan, so we have to try to somewhat cater to their needs when we decide on. Would it just dishes. be like chocolate? What do you have? Well, it's like milk chocolate, though, so that would be from milk and yeah. dairy. Man, you are right, but the
3: uh, there's alternatives in, out I'm, there. I'm, but I, I, I'm glad I don't have that lifestyle. <laughs> I, I am the opposite of vegan, and I'm just exhausted thinking about it. Right. If you can. More power to you if you if you live that that lifestyle. I mean, good Lord. the You have to convince yourself you're enjoying it, too. <laughs> They'll probably look at me and say, well, you got to convince yourself you're enjoying being 300 pounds, fatty. I'm like, yeah. That's I
2: don't true. think vegans are mean. No, they're, they're not. They're mean. just hungry.
3: They're, just... <laughs> they're not mean. They're just always hungry.
2: <laughs> you would be, too,
3: I think. Like, whatever. You've never had, like, a... a
2: Something vegan, bean curd or whatever. Yeah, see what I'm saying? I can't even make jokes because I don't know what's vegan. Bean curd. What is it? What is that? I don't. Made that up. That does sound made up. I just know it's a thing. It does sound made up.
3: I think it's or something
2: British people call something we have a perfectly normal name for here. That's right. They would do that too. Yeah. What would bean curd be? (laughs) Like for just to be clear here. Is that a real thing, or did you just make up some? I'm food pretty order? positive
3: bean curd is a real thing. Okay, well,
2: we can take a quick break here. I'm gonna look. Our up. last one, we'll come back and see if you can figure out what the hell you were talking about. On the other side here, on the drive, I thought it was just tofu. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Where do you go to find all your favorite wine, beer, and spirits with selections customized to local tastes? For over 25 years, that go-to place has been Cox's Spirit Shop.
1: That's opcpest.com slash careers.
3: You're listening to The Drive, presented by Fitness Market, right here on
2: 93.9 The Ville. Now here's Mark Ennis. And Biggest Biscuit, also known as Dave Skull. Welcome back into the drive here on 93.9. The Ville Market Dave Skull. eighty one fifty ninety three nine is the number if you want to get in here with us. Shaq called in during the break, and we won't make him wait here. Shaq, welcome into the drive, bud. What's up?
4: Hey, how you guys doing this evening?
3: Good. Um, good. Good.
4: Uh, just with the quick, with the vegan discussions, yeah, I mean, it's a whole lot of eating dark chocolate and various peanuts, walnuts, all this. I did that for, like, maybe, like, two months at a time. Um painful is all i can say painful <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: but uh but i was about like, to ask you how that went but i think you answered that question already <laughs> actually for me myself
4: you know it's okay but like everywhere i went it was like parties it was like hey man taste this it's like i can't hey man you know you know and it's yeah painful. um
3: that's, so, tough. Okay. that's tough
4: um but so far i just want to talk with the with the championship game and whatnot and just playoffs in general sure. I think today's tonight, y'all have pretty much hit on it. It's gonna be it's gonna be awesome because, like I said, two new teams. Uh, I'm a Birds fan, so I'm hoping somehow we are kind of uh, in the lottery to get uh, <laughs> to get the coach, get our ball. But we, you know, we shall see. Um, but um, but then also, like I said, with the quarterback, with with, with Washington's quarterback, I just hope like just helps him to stand even further because uh, I think whoever gets him, barring injuries in his career, is going to be even that much better and. Probably his receivers and both sides is great. Um, I think, like, with the bowls, and I said this, like, for, like, 20 years, I had this idea. I always thought eight is the perfect number. I still do, which this is well. it's not going back. But um, I always thought there should have been, like, a, a two-tiered, um, two-tiered playoff system. Like, you know, initial, get initial four after the championship, and then everybody plays, plays the bowls, and you use, like, an algorithm, like a BCS-type algorithm that determines mm-hmm. who went after that. So that way, you know everybody. Then, then the bowls mean something, and everybody's playing the same amount of games. Because if you go to a championship game, you're playing that extra game. So if you went to your bowls, then you come out and everybody got the same fair shake, and, you, and whoever got the initial four would get get to host the game. But um, barring them doing something like that, I think long term the bowls are not. You know, the bowls, bowls are going to fade away unless they're placed with the playoffs, because because um, you, you like you said, you need an incentive unless there's like a some kind of co- conference trophy, some sort of like, um, something like that. You know, like you got to put an extra incentive to why we do this because I don't, I don't fault the players opting out, quite honestly. Everybody, your systems your, your seasons should be set from this year's bowl going into next year's game. Because if I was a coach, I'd just be wise. Unless there's an incentive for both the conferences and the teams, why would you? Everybody say, like, oh, I don't blame the players, but I mean, I don't know, even academically. You know, if you're, like, if you know a professor or something you're doing or whatever your work is, it's not going to mean anything, but, hey, I can go from speed school to MIT or to Purdue, yeah, I ain't going to risk, like, academically doing something that's going to harm me over here. So, bar them sure. putting the card out there, that's where we live in, guys. But other than that, hey, go Cards.
2: Appreciate uh, the call there. Thank you. Yeah, Dave, as far as, like, other bowl games are concerned, uh, I've yet to hear a proposal, even that one. Uh, As reasonable as it was, I've yet to really hear one that I believe with any kind of sincerity think uh, would solve the what's my motivation to play in these things. And football is unique in that you are always trying to play the minimum, right? Like you are all—that's almost always the smart thing to do.
3: Yeah, least the least amount of snaps possible. Right, and
2: so these—the idea of a game that doesn't mean anything—it almost makes it the 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 wrong thing to do yeah to play it like it's not a game you can play for nothing and I don't know what they're gonna do to salvage enough of these bowls
3: and I don't even know how much a financial incentive would work uh, because when you're talking like ten or twenty thousand right. dollars like for the guys that are going to the NFL that's I don't know if that's enough for them to play yeah. one game you I you know what I I, mean? agree. I don't know that any compensation model is going yeah. to match and that would cost a lot, a lot of money stake. too yeah like and and, and you're talking about a sponsor having to kick out. Like, do you pay every player on the roster? Right. Do you right. pay every scholarship player? If you're just talking about, and if you do pay every player that travels, and if you do that, all of a sudden they're they're asking you to pare down your travel party because normally every player goes to the bowl. Every player, red shirts, walk ons, everybody travels, and they all get the bag. You know what I mean? They all get the goodies. Now, when you when you're asking, cheese it or pop tart. <laughs> To throw out Duke's mail, like say say they're giving ten thousand dollars to the to the losing team and twenty thousand dollars a player to the winning team. just say that that seems pretty minimal for what we're talking about here. I mean it's not an insignificant amount of money, but right probably the minimum amount that would sway anybody. you know that's minimum probably three to four million dollars that you've got to kick out. That's a lot of money. For a company, like all of a sudden it went from however much they were spending on the sponsorship before, plus three or four million dollars, and when does that financially not make sense for right. Cheez It or Pop Tart or whoever? I mean, that's a pretty big line on the ledger at that point. Look at Dave showing um, for the billionaires out here. <laughs> I'm not. Look, I could care less. Uh, I I couldn't care less. But the. uh this is just how companies are going to think. About it. Oh, no, I get yeah, it. I just and, think it's and, just funny if you were the one that's like, Davis, right. oh, no, the poor. Hey, who's going to think about the billionaires? All right, I'm here to advocate for the 1%. <laughs> I'm
1: not.
2: Texture <laughs> says, I want to see the actual Pop-Tart hand these guys cash. That's right. That would be wonderful.
3: That's right. Like, um, who was it in LSU's locker room that was handing out money after the bowl game? Who was, Odell? Uh, OBJ, wasn't it? it was OBJ. Yeah. It was OBJ. Yeah. <laughs> Just like having like OBJ, just handed out money. Oh, it was fake money. Don't worry. Like yeah, okay. Yeah, sure, we'll sure it
1: was. And I like there are social sure cigars too. That's fake cigars, I'm guessing. Yeah, it
3: was a fake cigars. It's all right. But yeah, I mean, even that financial model begs a lot of questions. And you're still gonna lose the guys that are legitimately top five round NFL players, like first first two day draft picks. Yeah, they're still gonna opt out. Right. For ten or twenty grand. Now the rest of the roster. Might stick around, like transfers. Might stick around and not transfer and play in the bowl game because they're not guaranteed the money, um, or they're not going to the pros right away. Right. It might it might delay some transfer for de- transfer decisions. I mean, that's that's what it'll do, which will help some bowl teams. Um, or the other thing I've seen people um, propose at times has been to play the bowl games like next year, which is crazy to me. I don't think it'll ever work. Like as the as the opening games of the next season, or if they're not the playoffs, you know, or, or as spring exhibitions, I don't think anything like. I don't think any gonna, of that it solves the problem at all. It's it's never gonna it's never gonna fall. Well,
2: it, all, and almost every one of the proposed <laughs> solutions uh, requires the schools either individually or as a group to just give up way too much. Yeah. Say in their schedules, home games, any of that stuff. You're just not gonna. The the sad reality is. Uh, most of these bowl games are, should, and will go away, and it's a shame because it is some fun opportunities. I mean, we'll always I, we bring it up. That Befo Brady's Bowl was
3: super fun. It as was. long as we always have the Pop Tart Bowl and the Dance Off, the rest of them can go. <laughs>
1: that Pop Tart. Give me forever. the Pop
3: Tart Bowl and the Duke's Mayo Bowl, Idaho and Potato Bowl. Just playing on the Idaho blue potato. Turf. like
1: like Wyoming yeah, and uh, any- Kent State that
3: one year was like the ugliest colors. <laughs> You could imagine him <laughs> on the blue turf. <laughs> Give me the weirdest ones, like and and introduce nacho cheese into the like Tostitos Fiesta Bowl. You know, do do these things. I think the, I've I've fundamentally
2: disagreed with uh, this trend of the winning coach getting like the losing <laughs> coach oh, is the one they should be yeah. pouring. The losing on. coach should be bathing. In, Absolutely, bay 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 let's make this thing have some it's stakes. So gross. <laughs> Sorry, Jeff.
1: Maybe it's like you win, you don't care anymore <laughs> at that point. Like seeing Lincoln Riley get eggnog dumped on. Well, yeah, what's?
3: Look, man. Once you've won the Duke's Mayo Bowl, what else could you possibly do in your career? They should let you pick if they
2: wanted to pour it on you, or you,
3: or you get to end. pour it on the uh, losing coach. Oh, be no, even better, <laughs> even better. It's probably a matter of a uh, good luck catching them. They're gonna get oh, on. Sure. That, they're gonna get on that golf cart Magic and run away Petrino from you out
2: there. Loses the bowl game I, and Riley's like, I'd be the worst thing. You, you know
3: they're gonna. You'd catch him just screaming and, and just steam off of his angry just, head. Just, you know what? We need to do it. I know, not not just because really you brought that up. Yeah. Yep. Oh, that's great. That's great.
2: Imagine Bobby having to take like promotional photos with a Pop-Tart. <laughs> <laughs> and what does Bobby Petrino call a Pop-Tart? This is Mr. Uh, Thanksgiving. Toaster
1: Patriot. Tart Pop.
3: That's Belichick. Toaster Tart. Yeah, that is a Belichick one book chart. face
2: and face space and all pop, that pop pastry by the way are we can we talk very quickly about um, the fact that four four out of the five teams that went out of their way to publicly state that they did not have want anything to do with Lamar Jackson have fired their coaches now since they did that
3: Thank God they did that right
1: yeah I'm kind of glad Atlanta never got him though because Atlanta would have misused Lamar if it was Arthur Smith.
3: Oh, dude, I was on record when Lamar Jackson, when the whole thing was going down, I was like, man, I would love, if the Jets weren't run by Woody Johnson and and, and everybody else, you know, Joe Douglas, I don't have as big a problem with Joe Douglas until last offseason. I liked his drafts. Um, like, if it was a different regime, man, I'd, I would love to have Lamar in New York, but they'd probably, they'd ruin him no matter what. No matter who's running the show, New York would ruin Lamar. So I was actually kind of like, I, I hope he doesn't get signed by the Jets because there's absolutely no way to use him properly. You know, I don't
2: the, – the funny thing about that whole, like, went out of their way to say they didn't want him stuff, I, I don't fault a single one of those teams from making the decision that keeping their draft picks or, or we didn't think you could sign them or whatever, like, that's you know – you're allowed to manage your own checkbook there. I get it. But it was the way that they like instantly. You didn't have to tell us this at
3: all. No, it, like since when is it standard operating procedure for GMs to come out and tell you their intentions? We are not going to trade friends. for Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> like the only, right, last only, year. The, only <laughs> the only people that benefit from that are other GMs. You don't benefit. Coming out and saying that—that's why collusion was being thrown around yep. so much because they were outwardly saying it was things. like, "What are you? What are you getting out of doing? that yeah,
2: You're only helping other teams. Or, you're only helping the Ravens. Well, you're not only that. Like you're only helping the Ravens, but you're also just unnecessarily setting up a thing for people to to yeah. grade you against. Right. Like you didn't have to tell us that. You could have just done what you're going to
3: do, yeah. and we never would have known.
2: Right. But instead, you you went out of your way to set up, hey, I just want to let you guys know, I might have had a chance to pursue that, and we definitely did not want to. We'll see if
3: that comes back to bite us. Yeah. And, and now he's an MVP. Freaking yeah. terrible. He's an MVP, and four of the coaches are fired. Right. Yeah.
2: And they're the number one seed in the AFC in a year where the entire league, uh, division finished over, over 500, 500 for the first yeah. time since 1935.
3: That's ridiculous. That a division uh, has done that.
2: It, and even I, then, it was
3: like an eight-game season. So,
2: right. I feel like of Lamar's career, this is easily the the best opportunity they've got uh, to win the whole thing. And unlike 2019, I like them more offensively. In what they, he's just so much better as a thrower, and what he's throwing to is just light years beyond.
3: the, the, the offense is much better as far as how the. Uh, I mean, having Monk in there instead of...
2: Changes everything.
3: I mean, uh, they took they took the shackles off. I mean, they, they took the handcuffs off and they let Lamar be Lamar instead of being who they think he is. You know, they were guilty of some of the same stereotypes, honestly, as, as as the general public or, or his critics were. They used him in such
2: a way that they kind of acted like play they into believed it. it. Yeah, yeah. played into it. It's like, right.
3: dude, he's much more than this, and you know it. Like, let him go. Um, speaking I did want to touch on... On Jameis, real quick. How'd you feel about that entire situation? Scoring it went up 41 to 7. It was 41 to 7, 41 14? I think it was 17. Yes. 17. 41, 41 17. 17. Yes, they're up by 24 and they scored. 41 17 out of victory formation to give Jamal Williams the, the ball and let him score in oh, that situation. Of
2: all the, uh, the explanations, uh, Jameis just wanted to do it is as believable as anything i've ever heard and of all the players <laughs> in the entire league that you have asked me who would do that it he's one uh at first i thought arthur smith man you can't let him see that you're mad about this but like doing it out of the victory, victory. formation is trash out of the victory formation is only
3: really really the Just only like, thing i think that bothers me and it bothers me a lot though because that like the it's victory, not safe it's, it's not, not sa- fair it's, it's a contract but the victory yeah. formation is that way for a reason.
2: That's why everyone hates stupid Greg Schiano for the opposite, where they get in victory formation and his guys are diving at the knees. Yeah. It's like, but we're not running plays and you know it. Yeah. And and people like, curse to People hurt. Yes. That's exactly right. That I agree with. Um,
3: but that's like, it's not as simple as just stop it. Just stop it. You know what I mean? Because like they that, victory formation. Right? Yeah. Like it, I, I understand that argument and I, and I don't lose sleep over that. I don't right. care. I mean I'm not going to lose sleep over this either, but going out of victory formation is a is a problem. It's deceptive. It's it's one of they're not playing it's defense. It's a your dog it. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. They're 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 not playing defense and you're up by 24. They're not playing defense.
2: Well, so Jair got himself suspended for a game for going out and taking the uh, coin toss without being named a captain for that game. Yeah. Should Jameis get uh should the uh, the Saints suspend him? I for- think the
3: Saints probably should. You think so? I mean, Bits. they don't play a game. Is this I think contract? Does sound like pretty bad.
1: Jameis may not I mean, have a they, contract. They, they, they I
3: don't know, know what that situation is like, though. He has some kind of contract.
1: Well, it's into the, the season, though. Is what I'm saying. So he may not. He may be a free agent. I don't so, know. Like people are like, I love him. This is the greatest thing.
2: I find everything about him off-putting. So I'm not the right one to ask about Jameis about anything uh, for Jameis. I just do not like him at all. I wonder why. By the way, uh, Jeff Duncan uh, reporting that the Saints are considering adding John Gruden to their coaching staff. What? I couldn't there's think of any not, more unlikability there. Dennis Allen and John Gruden? He's suing the NFL. There's no way. By the way, I, I, if you're John, are you going to go in that locker room after people know how you really talk?
3: Yeah. There's just no Good way you, luck. Can do that. you can't do that. No. Do you think Jameis has a job next year? I bet he does.
2: I think Jameis is fun to have
3: as a teammate. I'm sure he is. They seem to like him.
2: Especially if he if you don't need anything from him. Like as a backup yeah. quarterback, if he just has to play every once in a while. To stop eating Ws on screen. He probably adds a little life to practice in yeah. the locker room. Oh, he seems like and a likable guy. Like know.
3: like with I'm saying with his teammates and okay. stuff like that. Like he, I don't like him at all. <laughs> yeah. Well, so his decision making really really off the field
2: is uh, not
1: really likable, he gives me the creeps. Is what I'm saying.
3: The eating the W is really, of all the things he's done in his career, eating the W confuses me more than anything. Like, so, man, that wasn't a. There was nothing cool about that. That was just weird. <laughs> no, one. that's just weird. Like I'm not the problem here, dude. Me. That's yeah. weird. Right? Yeah.
2: <laughs> let's get uh, let's get Cody uh, in here. Cody, welcome into the job, buddy. What's up?
5: Hey, what's up, guys? Happy Monday.
2: Hey, bud. You Hey. Too,
5: bud. Yep. hey. You too. So, uh, just random question, not to get off topic, um, and you can answer this as quickly as uh, you want to, but uh, what are your honest, and I'm not even saying this guy is like my top choice, but what are your honest opinions about Mick Cronin? Uh, <laughs> to me, uh, I think he's done a really good job at UCLA. It seems like he's kind of having an issue there with their NIL, and that's affecting his Recruiting, I don't know. I feel like if uh, it's just the dismissal of him even being a candidate for one bad year, like that I've been seeing on Twitter. It's I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of like uh, he's, he's a hell of a coach, man. Like well, one bad year at UCLA. I mean, he had a Final Four and a, I think he went to the Sweet two Sixteen sweet 16 the 16s. Elite Eight. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like so, it's like uh, dude, he's a, he's a hell of a coach. You get him here with the with the right tools and and and, and just the fit alone, I think he would work But, but what are your honest opinions on him, just truthfully?
2: I appreciate uh, the call, Cody. Thank you. Uh, look, I I thought people were too dismissive of Mick Cronin last time mm-hmm. uh, when when Louisville hired Kenny Payne, uh, and I I think people who object to Mick on the grounds of like they Louisville can do better or should try to do better, I I disagree. Like I think he would be as a basketball coach overall, he's good. He's more than qualified to do the job and, and would do well, do pretty well uh, here. I, I I think the most salient objection to Mick Cronin is Mick Cronin, the person. Mm. And, and he's, you know, the basketball is tough this year, no question. He's done well at UCLA overall, but they're not doing well this year. But I, I don't, I think what is alarming people is the how. What's happening this year? He's skipping out on press conferences, uh, just getting downright to the point of, of being belligerent with people. And insulting the just the, the intelligence of his own players and that sort of thing. It's the very not fly for me. No, it's, it's the sort of thing we're talking about. Kind of Kenny doing in a different way of laying completely the, laying different the way. But yeah, but, but 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 still
3: the things that the things that some of the things that criticize exactly uh, the th- some of the things that we criticize Kenny for is uh, his media training, his, his his bedside manner you know with the, with the, with the media, yeah. uh, his communications uh, that whole part of the job. Uh, Blaming players; these are all things that we've we've criticized Kenny for, and Mick has done a lot of that this year. I mean, he questioned the aptitude of his players, their ability, their their ability to take his coaching. That's that goes beyond just like you know, I've I've uh, like uh, his old mentor Patino saying I've hammered it into them this and that. You know, I don't know what like you know, criticizing guys in the media is one thing, but questioning their intelligence basically and their ability to learn. Skipping press conferences; these are all things that we have said over and over again are not things you can do at U of O. Yeah, you cannot do it. Yep, you are under the microscope here. Uh, your responsibilities to the fan base are are uh, legion. Frankly, there there's a lot. Like you have to maintain the public part of this job, and Mick is temperamental, which is fine on the sideline, but when you start. You know, being petulant in the media, um, ignoring your media responsibilities, like, it doesn't bode well for me, like, for Mick as, as, a, as a up.
2: candidate. Right. That's not being a stand-up person. Like, you face the media when things are struggling, yeah. and you own it. It's the same accountability we're talking about uh, with Kenny often. Yeah. Uh, you own it, and you, you begin to... Like he views himself, I think, as like too good to have to sit there and explain things to, to people. And I don't need that
3: guy. Which is kind of how we've talked about Kenny. You know what I mean? Like that's I just don't need anybody's I think he's a lot better coach than Kenny. I know you're not saying that. That's not what I'm saying. But like his coaching app is proven.
2: Uh that particular shortfall sits very Unwell with me in the yeah. light of how things have gone, both
3: with Chris Mack at the end, exactly. of your and Kenny. His coaching aptitude is proven, and so is Chris Mack's. Yeah, but fit not is not so important. Down. Yeah, fit is it, fit is not just one thing. It's not just playing style. It's not just um, you know PR ability. You know, it's not just affability with 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 donors and fans and likability. It's not all. It's all of those things together. Yeah. You know, and if you have a shortcoming somewhere, you can you can make up for it other places. But if you if you're completely deficient, you can't make up for it other places. And I feel like you're playing with fire with a guy like Mick. He's showing you how he's handling a big job right now in in, in the face of adversity, which is going to be a fair amount when he first takes the job here.
2: And it's him misreading the room he's in in L. A. Uh, and it's biting him right now. So I would you be can't
3: worried. do it at U of L. That's for damn sure. But Louisville could do worse. All right. That
2: is going to do it for us here as well. Be back at it tomorrow. You've been listening to The Drive on Attendable.